Hi, I'm Nika. I'm Julianne. And this is Only Slightly Dead Inside, the podcast that puts the fun in functional depression. We are not doctors, trained therapists, or medically licensed in any way. We are just a couple of humans trying to get through the day. Trying so hard. So hard. So Why is it so hard? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why it's so hard. I mean, it's... I guess that's what we're here to talk about, right? I guess. Partly. Yeah. And this is, in fact, episode seven. It is episode seven. I'm really proud of us. I'm proud of us, too. Yeah, I'm, I am. Last episode, we talked about the idea of trying to be proud of ourselves for at least the amount of time it took us to accomplish whatever that thing is. Ah. So I'm hoping I can stay proud of myself for like a year, but we'll see. I feel like I feel like that's possible for you. I mean, I'm just the moment. I'm good in the moment. At least I feel proud right now. Yeah, I do, too. <laughs> I, I do, too. I actually feel like proud without 17,000 disclaimers, which is the only way that I can do anything or find anything good is if I if I run out of disclaimers and I still feel okay then I'm like maybe I really do feel okay yeah that's a an interesting way to look at it and I've definitely gone through that in my head where I'm like am am, am I okay right oh my god I'm okay right now maybe I'm just okay maybe I'm just okay today and I guess that like that's the back to episode whatever early on that having depression and being in a depressive episode are not the same thing and that sometimes like you can actually feel okay and still have depression yeah yeah totally and that when you do feel okay and you get to be aware of the fact that you feel okay like that's a huge exciting win and that should be celebrated it should be and that is one case in which i will use the word should you should celebrate things like this If you have anxiety like me, though, there's probably a tiny little voice in the back of your brain that's like, well, what's about to go wrong, though? I'm constantly, I could run out of shoes and wait for the other one to drop. (laughs) There could be no more shoes left. And if you know me, you know that there are a lot of shoes at all times. Yeah. And if you don't know me, now you know there are a lot of shoes at all times. (laughs) (laughs) So good. You know, sometimes having a checklist is helpful for various things. And sometimes I will get to the bottom of the checklist. On the rare occasion, I even get to the bottom of the checklist. And I'm still like, well, what else? Mm -hmm. Clearly, there's something I forgot. Because there's always something I forgot. The kicker is, I'm never going to remember by thinking about it. Nope. Ever. No, never going to remember by thinking about it. It's always, I call them shower moments. Yes, exactly. I have the best ideas in the shower. It's just being able to relax, Mm -hmm. I guess, and getting out of your head. Did you ever see there was a documentary about making South Park called Six Days to Air? I certainly did. So, you know, the whole thing about them doing Legos in order to solve a problem. Mm -hmm. That's exactly how that feels to me. Like, I always have to have my eyes somewhere else so that my brain can do like if I'm trying to think of something like I have to do something mindless with my eyes so that my eyes are like taken care of and I'm not looking around the room beating myself up so that like my brain can wander around in a happy place. Happened to me this week where I was just really trying to work through this thing for work and it had a lot of moving pieces and I just got stuck so hard in my brain and in that moment it is the hardest to walk away and I knew I had to and I I spent another like 45 minutes spiraling and not in like a terrible way, just in a really unproductive way. I was certainly not solving this problem. But like took a walk for 15 minutes and then guess what? Yeah. I was just going to say when you really what you needed to do is. I had to leave my apartment. And after like 15 minutes, I was like, oh, here's the path to the solution. Here's how we do this. 
how do we segue that into what we were talking about talking about? In the last episode, we talked about fighting yourself kind of in your own head and uh listening to the tinfoil hat people or not listening to the tinfoil hat people yeah which is a full-on in your head kind of situation and this week we wanted to talk a little bit about how we work against that and not just inside our heads right so we spent an entire episode talking about how we talk ourselves out of things and i wanted to sort of reintegrate brain and body that's like one of the hardest things for me I spend a lot of time in dissociative states and it's really frustrating because I know I can do better I know I can be the same person in my head and in my physical being but I have a really hard time keeping those things together in the same place Like, that's almost harder than whatever the problem is I'm trying to solve. Actually, my therapist said something interesting to me this week. It's a lot of terrible feelings that we have are really about us trying to not have the feelings we're having. And I feel like it's sort of a similar brain-body conflict because you can be in sort of two different places at once. And the conflict is really just trying to get yourself to the same place, I guess. Does that even make sense? That totally makes sense. That's that's most of the fight. It's... If your body is in flight or freeze, but your brain is in fight, then these two things are fighting against each other. And then there are also a ton of hormones and chemicals coursing through your system. The signals that are being sent from place to place in your body are all totally off. And like no one can agree on what neutral is or what the starting point of moving forward with whatever is happening might be my more frustrating moments recently I think have been when I objectively know everything is fine and my body is telling me I need to be fighting something Mm -hmm. what's the number one way that you integrate yourself when you feel a dissociative episode coming on (laughs) do you dissociate as much as I do you know I maybe yes and no but what do you let's start here what do you mean by dissociative state I I spend most of my time in a dissociative state, meaning that like, no, it's really true. It's true. And there's a whole host of reasons that I am working out with my therapist really hard. And it's not a fun process to figure out why you are dissociated at all times. I can look like I am totally together, totally listening, totally aware of what's going on, really present in a conversation and my body is there and my mind is like fuck all somewhere else or I can almost feel myself fly out of the top of my head and like go sit on the roof of the building until I feel safe I just sort of exit myself I am present and I am physically with you but in order to keep it together my brain just like leaves my brain definitely leaves, but I think it's sort of, I don't want to say the opposite. 
it's not for the purpose of keeping myself together. It's usually because there's just another anxiety that's taking over and I start having completely separate conversations that are sparked by whatever is happening, but it will take me a minute to realize I have no idea what somebody just said to me. Mm -hmm. And I just start to like desperately try to listen back in for context clues. So I know where we are in the conversation. I'm pretty okay most of the time, but it really sucks when I'm just suddenly like, sorry, can you say that again? Mm -hmm. Because I just, I cannot possibly even pretend that I heard any of it. And it makes me feel so terrible. And it seems like I am not present, not paying attention, which clearly I'm not, but it's not because I don't care. It's because my brain has its own brain that wandered away. My dissociative states sort of feel like like my physical body is present, my phys- but my physical body feels almost stuck. And the only way I can keep myself safe is to retreat or to totally like leave the building. I get that way when I'm by myself more often than when I'm with other people. Oh, interesting. Which again is not to say that I'm like the most connected when I'm with other people, but that kind of like really low things are happening around me and I know what is, I know what I feel I'm supposed to be doing and I actually just can't quite do it. That tends to happen to me more often when I'm by myself. That's really interesting because I think when I'm by myself, it's the it's the safest place because I don't have to account for somebody else's energy. I am one of those people that like I'm so hyper aware of everything that's going on around me that I have a really hard time focusing on what my own personal task is without trying to take on the entire vibe of wherever it is you're much more kind of intuitive in that way than I am I talk myself through talking a lot explain that what does that mean because I know I operate often from a kind of tunnel vision sort of place I have to actively say to myself what is everybody in this room thinking it is harder for me to kind of integrate those things and how I should be reacting which it's not a terrible thing to kind of just take a step and, and listen a little bit better. It does not come naturally to me at all. And I'm exactly the opposite. I tunnel, it's like I tunnel vision, but then the thing that's straight ahead of me is the thing that goes and all I can, like all I can have or all I can focus on or deal with or whatever is this stuff that's around. And I forget that I am also present. Yeah. And that I should also maybe integrate myself into what's going on rather than observe it from a safer place one of the things that I do to get out of my head is go exercise and I like to take classes I've had situations where I walk into a class and all I can think about is what everybody else is wearing or that they know what's going on and I don't and I definitely will see myself as like an other in a group of people that are all together somehow And I've learned to talk myself out of that more often, but it's definitely difficult. Every time I kind of break through something, it's because I've gotten sick of myself in some way. And I got sick of that. I just got sick of it. It took so much energy and I just kind of said, fuck it. And I don't know how I did that. I really do feel like a switch flipped for me when I was like 31 years old. And I stopped giving a shit about so many things. It really made things a lot easier. I still have like a massive level of anxiety, 
but the like level of giving a shit just like plummeted and it was incredible and I wish I knew how to tell people how to do it I wish you knew how to tell me how to do it I feel like I would get so much more done for myself I mean it really depends on the situation something that's high stakes is much more difficult well yeah for sure I think everything, I think everybody knows that everything is dependent on the situation. Yeah. But I also tend to kind of just throw myself into things because I'm sick of something that I, I'm sick of the way I am or I want to just try something. Like I had never gone camping ever in my life when I decided to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. That feels drastic and aggressive. Yes, but I did it. (laughs) yes that's exactly it i do something that's drastic and aggressive which is not always a healthy choice but it does certainly shake me out of whatever i'm in oh my god it's it's true i just decided i wanted to do that and i just did it took me a while to kind of think through why i had even done this in the first place but i just wanted to shock my system i think and just prove that i could do it that's amazing that's amazing i've still to this day never been camping I have not been camping since then, and um, that was many, many years ago. Yeah, I apologies to uh, all our outdoorsy friends, but I think that the, I hiked. I like actually went on a hike for like really the first time, like a proper up a mountain and back down a mountain kind of hike in May. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I don't come from outdoorsy people, and I am not an outdoorsy person. I get bitten by bugs all the time. I wilt very easily under <laughs> extreme temperature fluctuations. Like it's just that not- surprises me because you get real hot and sweaty when you're in a dance class for for a long time. Yeah, but like that's something I don't know. That's different. Like I, I don't, that's different. It's a controlled environment. It's a controlled environment. That's fair. It's a controlled environment, and and I, it's like I know what it is. Yeah, it's good to know that. There is something like outdoorsy that grounds you. How do you shock yourself out of things or is that not really your MO? I try to set myself up in the beginning of the day as much as possible so that my chances of being thrown off are diminished. I like to do yoga every day and I like to make sure I have X amount of coffee and I like to make sure like there are just things that I want to do in order to leave the house in the best possible way so that if I get thrown off, at least I am not so thrown off that I can't come back to where I left myself. Sometimes I really do have to put both feet on the floor and name objects that I can see and say my name and like all of the things you would do if somebody got a concussion Mm -hmm. (laughs) and try to like touch my fingers together or (laughs) put one finger to my nose without looking or doing things that force my mind and body to work together to remind them that they know how. Sure. And it takes just enough of your brain space because you do have to think about it. And it's the same thing where I want to go to like a Pilates class or whatever. It just there's no space to think about anything except the thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. The only place I've ever been able to just think about what I'm doing is like in an at home yoga practice, because in a class environment that is tangentially related to the thing I'm supposed to be good at doing for my job, it's a whole other level. Like I am most dissociated in a dance class. That makes a lot of sense. And I totally get that because there's no stakes for me anymore in those situations. 
I try to make sure that the dance classes I do go to, there are no extra stakes placed on those classes. And I put myself physically in spaces in the room where fewer people will look at me and where I can, like, I try to make sure that I am not necessarily that like I'm hiding, but if I can be in a corner in the back, A, everybody likes to shove front. So there's like so much space in the back to move. (laughs) But B, fewer, I don't know, like if I do something either good or bad. You just want less people watching you. That makes total sense. people watching me. That makes total sense. And I really do get it because when you have in your head, like, I am really good at this thing. And if you're in a room with potentially other people who know you're good at the thing, there's just so much extra pressure. And, and then if you're... you fuck up. And like, what if you're never going to be good at the thing again? And oh, that's it. Man. And then like, and then immediately it's Ooh. like, bye forever. And then my brain <laughs> is like, I'm going to go sit on the roof of this building and let me know when it's done. You could be in a class with a bunch of people who have a more positive view of things and aren't paying attention to you at all. But you have no idea. In your head, everybody's watching and everybody is seeing it negatively. And everyone's like, oh, she's not as good as I thought she was. Or that like her reputation says she is. Or, 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 or. Learned trauma sort of seeps its way into your physical being and stays there until it is worked out with a mental health professional. (laughs) That kind of thing is a learned trauma response it's really positive reinforcement versus negative reinforcement i also don't i don't know it's i don't respond well to extreme extremes on either side so when reinforcement is too positive it cancels itself out because if everything is that amazing then nothing is amazing at all yeah i need to hear something negative in order to believe something positive which is no, 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 I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that that's asking for a balanced view of what is happening. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely believe the negative more easily. I think as we all we've, do. We've discussed this sort of thing at length. <laughs> this thing with like connecting your mind and your body is actually what I think the true meaning of self-care is. And that term gets thrown around so much and I think it is now understood as a self-indulgence or like extra pampering or products basically and and like I love a product guys totally like absolutely but that's not what self-care actually is no it is any of these things but I think there's a lot of negative associations where it's like well giving yourself permission to like fuck off all your responsibilities or sleeping all day or curling up and reading a book instead of doing anything at all all of those things are totally valid, but it's none of them are singularly what it means. And it's about the thing that you need to connect your mind back with your body. That, to me, there it is. Yes. Going to exercise a few times a week is self-care for me. So is washing my face with a cleanser that I find very enjoyable. Walking the line between what is necessary to take care of yourself versus me being an ostrich yeah and there is some level of being an ostrich that is fine it's just a matter of how much you're relying on that and whether or not it's a crutch i don't know i just thought of this you know kids really like to wear band-aids sometimes they have something and it doesn't need a band-aid but they really want the band-aid i don't know that makes sense to me in a way like if there's a real cut put a band-aid on it take care of it 
there's no real cut. I mean, it's a kid with a Band-Aid, obviously. Give him a Band-Aid. Who, give, who gives a shit? But, like, but the real-life like, metaphor for that is, right. like, don't don't keep giving yourself a Band-Aid if you don't need it. Sometimes I take my, quote-unquote, self-care to a point of indulgence where I'm just, like, extra, extra lazy. And then I get sick of myself. And then I kind of kickstart a better process. And so the extra indulgence is sort of part of me working through things sometimes. As frustrating as it is, I call them reset days is my best way of excusing it for myself because otherwise it's just a wasted day that I did fuck all and I get mad at myself for it. I try very hard to just call it a reset day. Unless I'm having a lot of them, it works. When I've had a lot of them, I'm like, how many times are we going to reset this week? Hmm? But, you know, resetting is okay. I think it also depends on what is going on that needs resetting. And I've found that things that don't feel like a really big deal in the moment sneak up on you and become a much bigger deal and need more attention than I originally thought. There's definitely times where I feel like I have something handled But there's something in the back of my brain that knows something is unsettled about it. And it can really overtake me if I haven't given it due diligence. Totally. And Sorry. No, no, no. no. I was just going to make a joke about a face mask. So, (laughs) Well, part of how I am able to get to that due diligence is doing something that breaks my mind out and connects to my body because things just the same thing as the shower idea things come back to you when you're not focused on it and that works with things that are like big issues you're dealing with and also just general creative ideas and a variety of other things just thinking extra hard never solves the problem I have to tell myself that every day I I sort of want to write that down on a post-it and put it on my desk (laughs) thinking extra hard never solves the problem yeah, if you're not solving something, usually it's not because you haven't thought hard enough. Usually. What are your top self-care practices? Oh, God. Stretching, actually, is probably a definitely top five. I have old injuries and my body hurts all the time and my hips are all messed up. If I actually am taking the time to do that, it is helpful on a number of levels. Going to Pilates, like I said, just, I could not sound like a more basic white girl right now. Calling a friend that I haven't talked to in a while is oh, a good one. Good. That one's very good for me if I feel like something is going on and I don't know what it is and there's no quote unquote reason. Just calling somebody I haven't talked to in a while can kind of just shake me out of that because there's nothing to focus on. So all I need to do is focus on something else. I actually like coloring sometimes. Mm-hmm. I have several adult coloring books. And I bought myself some fancy gel pens because I'm a grown up with money, so I can do that. The coloring thing is interesting, though, because it doesn't engage enough of my brain. So I have to either be watching TV or listening to music that I'm really engaged in or something like that. And probably my other thing is going to the theater. That is the one of the easiest ways for me to break myself out of a thing. It may, though, be replaced with a different anxiety completely because of other things that sure. I've talked to up to this point in the podcast. But it is one of the easiest ways for me to just be in a different mood. Because you have and to it's be. not a cheap habit. No. It's not necessarily realistic. But I think other people get that from movies and, and TV in right. a, a way that I just don't connect with as much because of who I am. But yeah. What about you? I play a lot of little phone games. I play a lot of two dots 
I play a lot of Flow, which is the game where you have to fill in the pipes with the different colors. Things where... Where there's a puzzle. Where there's a puzzle, but they're short. Like if I'm choosing between Boggle and Scrabble, I'm going to choose Boggle because it will be over in three minutes. I like things that are in rounds. That's really soothing to my brain. Although I really do like crossword puzzles, but you can put them down and come back. I enjoy me an at-home yoga, specifically yoga with Adrian. I, I don't have the self-discipline for that. It's, it's like the safest thing in the world because I'm at home. And I'm not, I'm not around other people. What else? What else do I even do? I zone out. It's like giving myself permission to zone out and not feel guilty. Like I always like to have a sitcom that is happening. Like I call it the before bed sitcom. Sure. You know what else is good? Uh, Bob Ross. The paint. There's On Netflix, there's Bob Ross now. It's very soothing. God, I haven't watched Bob Ross since I was a child. Happy trees. So happy, the trees. Some little happy trees. <laughs> I was trying to think of the things I do for the self-care. Oh, God. I can't believe neither of us have said this so far, actually. Emotional support cat. Emotional support cat. Where is he? He's somewhere. I'm glad he's actually not nearby because he would be making trouble. Forcing the cat to cuddle with you is a hilarious way to keep you present. It's true. Thank God for animals, really. And if you don't have one, videos of animals. Oh. I mean, there's a reason why these things are so popular. Videos of animals. It's really a great way to lift your mood. Just watch an animal doing something really dumb. Or like unlikely animal friendships. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Or helper animals. Helper animals sometimes. Veer to crying. Yeah. And then I think about like the state of the world and why we even need that helper animal for whatever it's doing. And it's and too much. Too much. And it's all too much. Mm-hmm. 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 yeah but my ridiculous silly cat is a good distraction yeah but i also like there's a difference between distracting oneself and self-care yes because i can distract myself all fucking day because i also then am distracting myself from taking care of myself because i then feel guilty about doing something that is just for me sure haha yeah being what, a, a, what a ball of fun i am <laughs> be, being a guilt ostrich is not the best being a guilt ost guilt ostrich i guess not guilt ostrich guilty ostrich because it feels guilty you feel guilty when you're being an ostrich sure i guess i don't know whichever sounds snappier is fine i mean i feel like being the ostrich sticking my head into a pile of guilt mm, oh that, wow that's a i hadn't thought of that direction oh, that that's, works as well that was the direction i immediately went ah okay I was thinking about be- feeling guilty for being an ostrich. Well, that's implied. <laughs> okay, fair. That's to fair. Me, who constantly <laughs> just feels guilty for existing. Yeah, I feel that. I, I know. Yeah. Are we making any sense? Have we veered entirely off the rails? Should we do some, some endings? Sure. Hey, hey, fun people. We're so happy you're listening. What do you do what that you call yeah. self-care or that otherwise helps you connect your brain and your body when they are veering in different directions we love hearing from people how can people tell us those things people can tell us those things by finding us on all the social medias where every we single are one of them. every single one we are slightly dead pod or you can email us slightly at gmail.com or you can go to our website which is slightly we thought of everything we tried 
Only slightly dead inside is Julianne Bilker and Nika Lanzaroni. Our theme song, Motown Mo Problems, was composed by Joel B. New and Robbie Roselle designed our logo. Find and follow us on all the social medias by searching Slightly Dead Pod and check out our website, slightlydeadpod.com. If you are in crisis or feel like you might be a danger to yourself or someone else, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255 or text the crisis text line at 741-741. Someone is always there to hear you and you are worth hearing. Bye. Bye. What am I trying to say? Sorry. Ugh!